Broadcasting live from our new state-of-the-art studio in downtown Chicago, it's Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons. Here's a little toss to Debo Samuel over the right side. Big play. Mahomes looking to flip, takes it in for the touchdown. Garoppolo keeps play action, passes, caught. Use check, touchdown. Mahomes fires, pass, pick. Warner got it for San Francisco. Mahomes pass behind and picked. Intercepted by the 49ers. Launches down the middle. Hill, open, caught. Pass, open, touchdown. Kelsey, Chiefs are back in. Mahomes, Watkins, what a throw. Mahomes throws, pass, caught. Williams, touchdown. Kansas City jumps on top. This is picked. Kendall Fuller up to get it. And that will end this game. Nobody deserves this trophy more than Andy Reid. Man alive, how great is that? Hey, how about those Chiefs? Kansas City, we did it, baby! Wow, what an intro. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of Tampa 2 Tuesdays, live from the Radio DePost Theaters in Chicago, Illinois. My name is Bilal Malik, and this is my co-host, Trenton Cito. How are you, Trenton? I'm doing pretty amazing. How about that Super Bowl, Bilal? It was something to watch. The tenth most watched Super Bowl in NFL history. Tenth most watched Super Bowl in NFL history. That's pretty crazy. But, of course, it is these two great teams right battling it out it's going to be this giant performance so i think it makes sense yeah a lot of people are going to be tuning in for that especially after last year's uh preseason game kind of super bowl <laughs> 102 million people ended up tuning into the super bowl this past sunday and uh before we get into that we have some uh housekeeping to get to take care of here at tampa two tuesdays so we know that everyone can't uh can't Tune into our show live as it airs. So therefore, we have now created a podcast version of our show. We've uploaded all our past shows and will be uploading the future shows up onto your favorite podcasting platform. Currently, we are on Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts, and we hope to be soon on many more platforms such as Apple Podcasts. So tune in. (laughs) Yep. Now you can take Tampa two Tuesdays wherever you go. Doesn't have to be a Tuesday anymore. <laughs> Could be a Wednesday. All right. So before the game happened, we had the most uh, prestigious night in all of football, which was the NFL Honors Show. We had multiple awards. I multiple awards such as the MVP, Offensive Player, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, all these high-class awards that many deserving uh, players won. Uh, So let's start off with uh, what your thoughts were for that night. Well, I think it was pretty great. Um, A lot of the awards really thought the way that we thought they would go. I mean, Lamar Jackson, after he had his amazing season, of course he's going to have MVP. There was almost... No doubt about unanimous it. Unanimous for only the second time ever that uh, a player has had a unanimous MVP, in which the only other time was Tom Brady back in 2010. I mean, Lamar Jackson, he broke records this season. Um, the Baltimore offense also broke records of their own. So 
He is the that driving force. And let's why don't we stay on that Ravens track? We're gonna look at coach of the year too. We um, have John Harbaugh. That was nice to see. I you it's just to see nice to see. Um I've always been a fan of Coach Harbaugh and and his brother, uh, Jim Harbaugh. But just to see uh him if you look at the if you look at him two years ago, it felt like he was on a hot seat and uh then Flacco went down with that injury, and then Lamar Jackson comes in, and then they completely changed around the offense. And now, look at him. They went 14-2 and this year, and he's coach of the year. His quarterback is MVP. Only thing that didn't go well for them was that they played their worst game when it mattered most. When it mattered but most in the playoffs, that's right. They, they'll be back. They'll, all, they'll always be, obviously be back. They'll be winning that division probably again next year, unless the... Uh, Unless the Steelers put up a good fight, it's between them and the Steelers as it always is. But I, this is just a start of something great. Yeah, I mean John Harbaugh really put his trust into Lamar Jackson. Um, I remember the first season, Lamar Jackson was kind of iffy. You know, not the greatest thrower of the ball, not really the system that he would be able to be flourishing in. And when they got rid of Flacco, then that was them really buying into that Lamar Jackson prototype and it's it's really paid off now. I also want to say before we get into any more in depth in the awards, I want to talk about Steve Harvey's monologue. <laughs> that was so funny. I never laughed so much in a moment during someone's monologue. And it's nice to see him back after last year's performances of what that was he's had two great years in a row and i wouldn't i wouldn't mind having him back next year a three-peat <laughs> three-peat yeah, i mean alec baldwin did two years in a row i think so i think he'd be the first one to do three all right now back onto the back onto the awards back onto football sorry and then we had our michael thomas win uh offensive player of the year this was interesting um Michael Thomas, of course, he I believe he broke the record for most receptions in a well, season. He had 149 receptions. So, on one hand, I feel like that's great. Um, do you think there was anybody else who was deserving of this? I'm honestly, I'm honestly glad it wasn't a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's that's a very good point. They were going to win the MVP. That was I mean that was given that Lamar Jackson was going to win the MVP. But uh, it's nice to see the other skill positions get recognized. And you were right. Um, he did win. The, he did break the record. He, it was previously set by uh, Marvin Harrison. In uh. 2002, he had 143 receptions when uh, Michael Thomas had 149. So it was a record-setting year. His Twitter handle is can't guard Mike, so can't guard him. <laughs> no one could. I mean, everyone knew where the ball was going every time Drew Brees had uh, through the ball, or even Teddy Bridgewater as well. Or even Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, yeah. So Michael Thomas got receptions from three different quarterbacks throughout the season, and even though it's been kind of an up and down season for them, that's pretty impressive. Exactly. And then. Kyler Murray won offensive offensive rookie of the year. This was interesting. I think there's a lot of different players this could have gone to. Um, of course, you have Kyler Murray, the rookie quarterback, great scrambler, great arm strength. I mean, you watch him; he's 
kind of running all over the field like a, a tiny ant, you know, compared to all these other tall players. His legs are moving real fast. But um, I felt like there was another wide receiver, the Titans wide receiver, I believe, might have been in the running. Was it A.J. Brown? I believe so. Um, and then also Josh Jacobs, rookie running back from Oakland Raiders, except uh, he had his injury near the end of the season, which I think kind of lessened his impact and possibly hurt him a little bit in this voting. But I mean, this record's been won by Sam Bradford, Cam Newton, Robert Griffin III, Eddie Lacy, o- Odell Beckham Jr., Todd Gurley, Dak Prescott, Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, and now Kyler Murray. This is going back until 2010, the past decade. And it's like a lot of these people, a lot of these players are really high draft picks. Some of mm-hmm. them, first overall, Bradford was one, first, Newton was first, Griffin was two. And so Kyler Murray was one. So if you, in my opinion, since someone who was drafted that high and you don't win this award, or if you weren't, then it, then it's a, not a uh, good season. Like you kind of have to to prove that you are worth that spot. You have to win this award, right? And I know that the Cardinals didn't have a great year, but um, he won the award, and I think he's on the he's on the rising track up. That's right. That's right. And especially as a a higher draft pick too, you get more of a chance to start. Um, and of course, Kyler Murray gets thrown in there at the b- very beginning, and you know, forced to go trial by fire along with his rookie head coach, right? Yeah, rookie head coach straight out of college. I mean, they only won five games. They tied one game. They lost ten. But um, with uh, with these days now with the NFL, is that there's no more sitting period. It's not like Aaron Rodgers can sit. It's not you're going to have the Aaron Rodgers situation where you sit for three years behind Brett Favre and then you get to play. No, you're going, you're in when you're, when you're in the league, you're in right away. So there's no more, there's no more waiting period. So like you said, trial by fire and he succeeded. And speaking of sitting, why don't we go to a player who sat for six games this season? Ryan Tannehill, comeback player of the year. That was I mean, what I heard is that he beat out Garoppolo by one point. I mean, one mm-hmm. vote. And I both of them are good stories, but I just like... I think Tannehill deserves this award. I mean, he got cut from my... He got Was he cut or was he traded? I don't recall, actually. All right, while you look that up, I'll keep going. So it's like he was... He moved on from Miami, and then he came into a position where he was a backup after being a starter for almost eight years. And for some, for anyone to go into that type of position, it was it's 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 hard to adjust. And he made the most of it. And when his number was called, he went in, and they he led them to the AFC Championship game. That's so right. I think that's a pretty good comeback and feel-good story that anyone can get behind. Six of his seven years spent uh, as the primary starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, and then he was traded to the Titans. Hmm. Um, and then after that two-and-four start by the Titans and Marcus Mariota, Tannehill was named the starter, 
in week six of this season, and he led them all the way to the AFC Championship game. I mean, he had 22 touchdowns and... 2,742 yards, and he had a 70.3 completion percentage. That is pretty good. That's that's great, especially because throughout the postseason, people were bashing on him for not throwing a lot, really just handing off to Derrick Henry. But when you look at his production during the regular season, he wasn't always relying on Derrick Henry. He was able to create plays of his own. So that's definitely... a uh, good stat for him um and i think you're right i feel like he came back from more than what jimmy garoppolo had come back from of course jimmy garoppolo had his uh injury last season but um that injury completely derailed that team last year right they went to four games only because then after that they had to go through all the different backup quarterbacks and they were all slowly <laughs> they were all slowly going down too so that season went downhill for them um what else we have here? We have Defensive Player of the Year. It is Stefan Gilmore, the Patriots' starting cornerback. How you th- feel about this? It's uh, I mean, I didn't watch a lot of the Patriots play this year, but I, it's also an unusual pick in my view. Usually, it's a linebacker or a defensive end or somebody that's a cornerback this year, and. I, he had what six interceptions this year. That's that's a lot. And uh, we have to go all the way back to 2010 to find another defensive back who won it. That was Troy Polamalu. We'll get to him a little bit later. And the year before him, it was Charles Woodson when he was the cornerback with the Green Bay Packers. And then after that, you have to go back to uh, 2007. Bob Sanders, safety with the Colts. And then 2004, Ed Reed, safety with the Ravens. So it's a very... Uh, it's a high-class group of people to yeah. be part of. Mm-hmm. A lot of great defensive backs who, you know, Stefan Gilmore adds his name to that list. For a moment, when they were showing all the clips of all the potential nominees, and Aaron Donald's name came up, and I'm like, three years in a row, they're not going to give it to him three years in a row. He already won it, I believe, two years in a row. I mean, that just shows how much of an impact Aaron Donald has. Um, I saw there was a tweet at some point in like the middle of the season that showed uh, defensive linemen and linebackers against uh, double teams, and he was the only name on that list who was like at the very top, consistently beating double team protections, um, unlike other players like even J.J. Watt, Khalil Mack. So Aaron Donald is just a beast at that position. And last award that we have to we haven't discussed yet is defensive rookie of the year, Nick Bosa. And I believe this is a worthy award. Bosa he played in the Super Bowl and he played really well in the Super Bowl. He was constantly on Patrick Mahomes, just always rushing, always within like a few steps of Mahomes. It was it was crazy. It was like watching um the Denver Broncos take on the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl again, that kind of pass rush. Yeah. But um yeah, Nick Boza has been really the game changer for this defense throughout the season. And it runs in the family. His brother won won this award a few years ago as well. 
His dad played for his dad played in the eighties. So it's a whole family business. Very talented family business. All right. We have the Walter Payton Man of the Year. That goes to Calais Campbell. This is probably the most prestigious award of mm-hmm. the night. I just to see it's nice to see an award that recognizes what these players do on and off the field and also have it named after Walter Payton doesn't hurt us being from Chicago. But um it's every every nominee story is important. Each team nominates a, a player for this award and I just did see that video piece on Clayus Campbell and all the work that he did and how his family was homeless and how he's helped with for for a short period of time and how he's been able to help everyone who he's been around. It was it was a good feel good story. Definitely, for sure. And I believe that's it for the awards. Now we can move on a little bit briefly to the Hall of Fame class. We have five new people in the Hall of Fame. In addition to the Centennial class that was announced earlier. Correct. We have um, Steve Atwater, legendary Broncos safety, very hard hitter. He's been immortalized as the guy who took down Christian Okoye, that big hit. Um, We have Isaac Bruce, wide receiver, big part of the greatest show on turf for the Rams. We have Steve Hutchinson. He's a great offensive lineman. He was around for a very long time, actually. Um, Edron James, great running back. Troy Polamalu, of course, great part of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, I love watching Polamalu play. It's like you... He could disrupt a play. He always knew what was happening. All the time, especially on the goal line where he would... When he'd he, jump over. He would time it perfectly. He would. I'm, I can't wait to see his bust, how he looks with his hair. <laughs> he has to have the hair out there. Of course, he has to have the hair. Michael, That's Michael, trademark. Michael Strayan had the gap. He has to have the hair. There we go. All right. Now we're going to move on to, of course, the biggest game that happened. Your your intro that you had earlier was perfect type for this moment. It is uh, Super Bowl 54. This was the 49ers against the Chiefs, of course, and the Chiefs pulled away with it. They somehow come away with it all the time this this postseason. When I thought I thought this game was over, and I thought this and I was I mentioned earlier I was rooting for the. Uh, 49ers to win. We and both we both picked the 49ers last week, right? And we were both wrong. <laughs> so much. But um it was they started off slow again and they got down to that they were down 20 to 10 and it's just a theme with them that they're down double digits and they end up coming back in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter and Mahomes had never thrown an interception in his entire post. It was, what was he coming into this game? He was, I believe, he was 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions. And then he throws two interceptions in the Super Bowl. And then any situation like that, he's, um, you're going to lose the game most likely if you have that many turnovers. He did have, he did have that nice run in, that run for the touchdown, but. 
especially when he's the star player on your team and he's what drives your offense and he he turns the ball over twice um he gets sacked what four times and he also fumbles once but he's able to recover it i mean that pass rush was just oh all yeah over i forgot him. about that yeah that could have been it could have been deadly they had a lot of those kind of fumbles that just like bounced back their way i mean that that one that mahomes had knocked out of his hands it dropped and it just bounced up spinning right into his hands I mean, that could have gone anywhere on the field, and it just landed right in front of him. No, that game was really going bad for the Chiefs in the beginning. I I mean, it's good that they made some halftime adjustments. You could see Tyron Matthew on the side. He was he fired was up. He was yet. mad. And that's what you want to see on your team if you're down, especially you're on the biggest stage of the world. We mentioned 102 million people tuned into this game. So... Not that they really know or they care about that while they're playing, but in the back of your mind, you know that everyone is watching you, and this is this is it. You win, and you're a champion. You lose, and you go home. I feel like the biggest point in the first half was that Patrick Mahomes was just not confident. Not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he was throwing the ball a little off target. Um, I remember there were some throws that he threw into the dirt, right? skipped short of his uh intended target or just that one that uh bounced off the hands of Tyreek Hill was thrown a little bit behind him Hill couldn't contort his body and it bounced up right into the hands of a 49ers defender so that was it was not like Patrick Mahomes at all no but then he turned it back on in the fourth quarter and he led I believe it was three, three straight touchdown three drives three straight touchdown drives right and that was that's like vintage Mahomes, really. Did the 49ers score at all in the second half? Uh, they scored 10 points in the third quarter, and they were held scoreless in the fourth. Game was tied at halftime, correct? Game was tied 10-10 to yeah. 10 at halftime. That was... I just thought it would be a really low-scoring game, but then the Chiefs went on. And then when the Chiefs had that last run at the end, and that 30, it was, what, 31 yards for a touchdown? Right, that was, that that was the was, backbreaker. That was it. That was it, mm-hmm. But there was no chance. There's no chance to come back from that. And I am, I'm happy to see Andy Reid get a championship ring. Andy Reid just seems like a really fun guy, and someone you'd want to spend time with. And he's been doing this for so long. They were saying that this is his 222nd overall career win, and just to have that happen on February 2nd, 2020, just the date and the game. And for it to be a Super Bowl, it's perfect. 